Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. It is Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. And joining us today, it is Matt Weirich from NBC Sports Washington. We've got lockout to talk about. And bigger thing here, though, Nash specific, is the lockout better or worse for the Nats? Very complex question. We'll have answers for that and more. But first, as always, our intro video. On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, once again, Josh Neighbors here, host of the Locked On Nationals podcast. Joining us it is Matt Wyrick from NBC Sports Washington. So, Matt, we're like the last couple of years have been really difficult as as sports coverage and sports media people because we're so used to our schedules of okay, football ends, gives way to the heat of college basketball season, college basketball tapers off, which leads us into baseball's beginning slash NBA playoffs. And now we have gotten the just the carnage of no MLB season, which has become negotiations for MLB and MLBPA, also conference tournaments, plus a bunch of NFL trades that have been sparked by some weird free agency. I, I can't think of a time that was this crazy in the NFL, you know, before pre-draft, right? This is, this is where we get sick of all the draft coverage. We've got so much movement that we don't have to think about the draft for, for a little while now. And it's just kind of all, it's all been nuts for people like us, but still for the people who love baseball, it's like, all right, through all of this, we just need baseball to come back. Like we got to get the good news. And I think we're, we're like, all right, there's movement in all these other places. Why can't baseball have the movement? Baseball, give us the movement. And we're not getting the movement. Yeah. It's uh, we've gotten used to these long dry spells of inactivity for sure. I think the, those off seasons where Bryce Harper uh, was a free agent, Manny Machado, and we waited until March for them to sign. It's kind of prepared us uh, for this lockout uh, when we've had to just sit here. Uh, and go through uh, basically uh, 100 days of inactivity, uh, which I don't know about you has driven me crazy, uh, just knowing that these rosters are stuck in, in where they are and, and that we're going to see a, a crazy frenzy uh, of, of free agent signings, something that, you know, I kind of wish would happen more uh, in general. Uh, you know, that, that frenzy we saw right before the lockout, you know, that's something that baseball has been trying to make happen for years. Uh, and it finally happened only because there was a labor dispute. So uh, the movement, as you mentioned, has not been there. Uh, but we will see uh, in, uh, spring training like no other uh, if they are able to come to a deal quickly uh, and get this work stoppage out of the way. Well, what's interesting is, you know, I've been thinking so much about the NBA as this has happened because the NBA has a great free agency period, like you just mentioned, right? And we're going to get this great free agency because of a lockout. But also what the NBA has is that the, the um, there is a revenue split, right? There is revenue sharing. And so I've, I've, you know, a lot of us have been talking about baseball and, and look, you can be an avid baseball fan, a diehard baseball fan, much like I am. And it's okay. If you don't understand what's happening, like this stuff is not, not easy to understand, right? The, the, the financial disputes, but the one thing I don't think people understand, I've been hammering this a lot is that, 
revenues and there's no revenue sharing for players and owners here in major league baseball. That is why we're talking about stuff like salary caps and arbitration pools, because players have to ballpark how much the owners are going to make in future seasons. And the owners are like, we don't want you taking that much. We don't want taking this much. And that's where the haggling becomes. This would all be simplified. If this was, if this stuff was tied to revenues, would it not be? It would definitely be simplified, but that's exactly what the union has been fighting against uh, for a long time. Uh, Major League Baseball Player Association is the strongest union uh, in North American sports, uh, mostly because of you mm. know their ability to avoid a salary cap being put into place. They don't want their uh, salaries to be tied to revenues. They see that as a cap in and of itself. That you know there's going to be a certain amount that the league makes in a given year, and that will be the max amount that the players can make. Well, they see. Uh, you know, if our agents are able to negotiate higher salaries for us in a given offseason, we would surpass what maybe a given salary cap would be. And that's how they want uh, that structure to be. So it, it is kind of the union's fault that it is like that. But it's it's something that they're willing to take. So a counter to this majority of players are making the minimum, right? That's where we're at. I mean, this is a majority of guys on rosters are making that minimum amount. And when you see things like the MLB deal with Apple TV, when you see stuff like potentially adding the patch on the jerseys, this is stuff that if you had revenue sharing, you would naturally get a cut of uh, playoffs expansion, right? So while you might not be a huge fan of it, if you are the players expanding that, you naturally get a cut of this. It's a bit of cutting your nose off to spite your face. And so that's what's put this group of players, not saying it's this group's fault. That's what's put this group of players in this position. And that's why it should be like, in my opinion, now they should fight for revenue ties because there have never been more ways to make revenue off a sport, cryptocurrency sponsors, gambling sponsors, new streaming partners, uh, jerseys on patches. These are just four ways that they can make so much cash. Now is the time to get a piece of that. In my opinion, I'm not sure if you feel the same way. I understand they want their big guys to, to, to make the big cash. But when you see that, you know, I was talking to Lindsey Crosby, he's locked down prospects. A majority of guys are making minimums and that's how the owners want it. That That's what's going to happen. That's why you need to tie yourself to the revenues. So you get a piece of what's coming in. Yeah. The players are really just attacking it from other angles. That's why the, the luxury tax threshold uh, is such a contentious issue uh, right. between the two sides. That's why they have been fighting uh, for a massive increase in minimum salaries. If the, the reported numbers hold, even at MLB's offer of 700000 uh per year, which they're still seeking more than that, uh, from what le- what it was last year was about 550000 uh to seven hundred. now, that would be the largest single-season increase in minimum salary in MLB history. So they're already on groundbreaking territory here for getting these young players play- paid, not to mention the arbitration pre-arbitration pool, I should say, uh, that you alluded to before. Uh, where players who finish, you know, among the the top of their peers will get paid additional amounts from that pool uh, to reflect the contributions that they made uh, for their team, as opposed to the guys like Juan Soto, who are MVP candidates making minimum salaries and not getting paid, you know, a lick for it. So they are fighting for other ways to make that money, you know, to get a bigger slice of that pie. And I think that's the, the big reason that we're in a lockout right now is not because of one particular issue. It's because the two sides are far apart on so many different issues. Uh, and as you mentioned, you know, if they were to tie their earnings to revenue, it certainly would make things a lot simpler. 
but that is just a, a straw that the players union is not willing to break. Uh, they are going to hold firm on never allowing a salary cap for as long as they can. And we're going to have all of these weird quirky rules uh, for, you know, basically it's the owners trying to make money in other ways. Um, and until, uh, you know, they are willing to concede that, which I don't see happening. Right. And, and that way it kind of circumvents their CBA is, is that like we're finding new, like this Apple TV deal. I mean, I'm not sure if the players knew that was coming in. Right. But I mean, we all saw us what the, the number is $115 million. I believe mm-hmm. it is for two games a week on Friday nights. I think it's Friday night doubleheader and exclusive um, broadcast, exclusive broadcast, taking it off of RSNs, which I thought this was a great deal. I think it's a great deal for major league baseball. I think it's an extra good deal for baseball in general. I don't think the timing was good. I, I think when you're in a fist fight over cash, I think be like, by the way, we've added another nine figure revenue stream, but we can't seem to find a way to play the games. It is, it's, it's bad for, and like, you know, to me, I, I had a, I, I thought of this today and I should have thought of this earlier, but I was so busy working today with conference tournaments and I worked multiple shows, Sirius XM on the college side that I really couldn't keep up with labor stuff. Well, that's the life of most baseball fans, right? Parents are dentists. My dad loves the Nats. He's a dentist. His nine to five, he can't keep up with that kind of stuff, but he comes home and sees Apple TV has struck a deal with major league baseball for 115 million. He's like, yeah, but what games they're not playing games. This is, I'm upset. I'm, I'm, I'm angry that they're doing this right now. And this is, this is a disconnect. There's this weird disconnect right now. And that's, that's, that's the thing that I think a lot of fans are grappling with. And that's what could turn off a lot of fans and we can't blame them. There are a lot of things right now fighting for your attention. So if you wanted to say, you know, I love college basketball right now. I love the way the NFL has got the combine going and trades are happening and there's pro days happening. And so I want to follow my players and my baseball teams not playing. There's a whole lot of things fighting for your attention. It's a good deal. But what do you think about the timing of it? To me, it felt like it was off. I would have waited until we knew we had a deal. You could have waited till then, in my opinion, to announce that. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely bad timing and, you know, the optics of it coming out like it did. I mean, it is was reported. They didn't announce the deal. Right, yeah, it's uh, true, it yeah. Reported. Uh, and the figures have not come out yet, which I imagine is because MLB is trying to be tight-lipped on that and not have the exact dollar amounts come out uh, because that would make it look even worse. So, you know, the optics of it coming out right now certainly aren't good. I'm sure from a business perspective, it is better uh, to just get the deal done and shake hands, be done with it, have it all in writing. Uh, that way, Apple can't back out, you know, if the lockout were to extend a month into the year and they decide to get cold feet, uh, you know, that that might be some money that MLB would lose out on. So I, I would imagine from a business perspective, ignoring PR, it was the best decision to get it done as soon as possible. But, yeah, I agree. You know, the optics of it certainly weren't good. And, you know, I, I just want to say that baseball is a sport that is rooted in local markets. It is about so they make their money. Team. They make exactly, their money, right? Right. And, and to take, you know, I know I work for an RSN, not one that, that uh, broadcasts baseball games, but I work for an RSN. So I have to put a disclaimer out there. But I do think in baseball in particular, compared to any other sport, it is really important to invest in local markets and taking games off of your regional network and making them harder to access for local fans is only going to drive them away. You're only really going to get the diehards tuning in on Apple TV where you have to subscribe. I mean, I'm not an Apple TV subscriber and you know, I'm probably going to have to to get it now because I want to watch these games. You want to be able to get them on MLB TV. It's just absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, and the blackouts. That's all. That's what I'll, I'll end with. 
Well, you know, I'm with you. And we saw the outrage, right? When, when Masson was cutting down on the staff, people love, you know, it was Alex Chapel and Dan Colco and very glad we got, you know, goddamn back. We lost Alex and people love Alex. I thought Alex was an awesome, valuable part of Masson broadcasts. And we lost uh, Johnny and Ray with the pregame game show. I mean, you know, and the reason why a lot of these RSNs exist, I mean, Masson is exclusively existing for, for baseball. Now I know that they had some ACC basketball games were, were put on the network. Um, and I'm not sure how the, the, the financials behind those deals, but like a lot of these like marquee for the Cubs, right? Uh, Nesson. Yes. All these things exist for these, for these teams to play on. Um, that, that's kind of where they started. And, and I know some of them added teams, but that's kind of where they exist. So yeah, the RSNs are very important, you know, and, and for your RSN, I, I love watching. I love watching my wizards and caps on NBC sports, Washington. I don't want a Friday night game where the national, the national broadcast comes in. If it's a big weekend series with the New York Mets, you know what I don't want on Friday night? I don't want some, and look, they might pick great broadcasters who we both, you and I both like, but sometimes I want Bob and I want, you know, Kevin Franzen or uh, on a, on a guest weekend, Ryan Zimmerman, maybe I want those guys on a big Mets Nats game Friday night, maybe in New York city when, you know, they're not at home and I can't go to the game. I think you're spot on with that. It, the The deal is it's taking visibility away from local markets is not, you know, expanding vision is, is good, right? Mm-hmm. Could we not keep the games on the local market feeds? Could we not do that? I feel like that's one step where, look, I understand why they do it because they want the viewership from those markets because those are the markets most likely to watch the games, right? I mean, it's, if it's a game on Apple TV, it's Matt's Nets, you know, Nats Mets. I mean, who's going to watch Nat, Nats fans and Mets fans, right? That the, the, the two ones you want to draw, but still, you know, those people want their broadcasters and they might, they might feel cheated. I mean, imagine if some of the big series the Nats had down the stretch in their, you know, the 2019 barnstorming run were, were you know, some games were taken away from them. I mean, it, it wouldn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm completely with you. I don't mind the occasional game that's on a national broadcast. Like growing up, I always right. thought it was cool to to see the national Sunday baseball. baseball, yeah, right. Exactly. Just every now and then, because it was a a a rare occurrence, and b I like to hear the national perspective on things, national perspective, right? Uh, you know, and, and hear like what are what are the people outside the market saying? Are they you know maybe I hear something that oh this is actually you know how our farm system is viewed, and I've always kind of thought of it as this or you know whatever. So I do think that there is some value you know to 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 that, um, but I think that the ability to uh, make it accessible to everyone, you know, having it on cable where everybody can watch it or simulcasting and having the RSN broadcast themselves while it's going on in the national stage. I mean, you know, these, those YouTube games as well, it was the same way. I mean, YouTube, Facebook, right? Facebook, access, Facebook. The... Yeah. Sorry. It was Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facebook. It's easier to access, but what if you don't have a Facebook, you know, I think Facebook, Facebook and YouTube both did them. If I'm not, it might've, been... it might've been both. Yeah. I, I thought it was YouTube, but yeah. Yeah. YouTube. So either way, I mean, you know, those are things that you can access with, with any computer, but you know, baseball is a sport that's really rooted in the older generation who might not be as accessible uh, when it comes to computers and things like that. And a lot of people don't want a Facebook account for privacy reasons. And I completely understand that. And, you know, you can't watch your baseball game because you don't want Mark Zuckerberg looking into your computer. You know, I, I think there's something something wrong there. So, you know, it's it's something that MLB is clearly prioritizing money over everything else. Um, but I think that you really need to think about the fans here uh, and think about how you want to foster growth 
uh, among the fan base. And it starts by doing things that might not make you the most money uh, in the moment. Uh, it, it takes patience and, and willingness to invest and grow a uh, fan base. And that's just simply something that MLB hasn't done well the past 20, 30 years. Yeah. So I'm looking now. It was, it was actually both, both Facebook and YouTube and, and then now Apple TV plus is going to join the fray of that. Um, I mentioned barnstorming, Matt, one of our, one of our sponsors is barnstorming. It is mission possible. Are you ready to discover your purpose and leave an impact wherever you go? Mission possible written and read by the New York times bestselling author, Tim Tebow encourages you to find your inspiration, to pursue your purpose and create a life for yourself that counts. Then a new spark in your life through this inspirational list of mission impossible by Tim Tebow is available wherever books are sold. Uh, also former baseball player, Tim Tebow. So there you go. We'll tie in as well. Uh, all right. Book so, somewhere around here. Oh, you do, which one? Is it the, uh, the first one? The one that was about I think it was his first one was the journey yeah, yeah. and everything. Yeah. 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 So, um, there you go. Tim Tebow baseball tie. All right. So you and I, I mentioned this to you before I was creating my 10 biggest questions for the nationals heading into the season. And I thought to myself as lockout goes on, which of these questions were affected by, you know, by lockout, like, is this good? Is this bad? So like I thought pitching staff, right. We're, we're not sure they're going to have five guys to go ready on opening day that we're all sure are major league starters. Um, but then I also thought of, and so obviously lock out more time to get guys ready, less time that they have to pitch during the entire season to make sure that they can keep a rotation together. But also guys like Cesar Hernandez and Estrubal Cabrera, who maybe they put together good seasons and at the deadline are good pieces for you. Less time for those guys to prove themselves as potential pieces. Less time for guys like Cade Cavalli to prove himself and get to the major league roster, right? Less time to evaluate if certain guys are good to go or if other guys, once again, are trade pieces. Maybe Kyle Finnegan has a great season and, wow, everybody's you know red hot and you're getting more out of Kyle Finnegan as a trade piece than you thought. Stuff like that. So where are you on this? Does the lockout because we I we just I just saw on Twitter right now, and I'm, the reason I look at my phone is you know there's so many updates constantly all the time. Uh, Jesse over at Washington Post said MLB just announced in an email statement that opening day is now delayed to the 14th. I'm not sure, maybe you know off the top of your head, how many games that entails for the Nats. Is that what? I think it's another three series, I believe, two or three series. I believe it, it would be two series because it's a week uh, that they're delaying it. Um, they were supposed to have a three-game series against the Mets and two games against the Phillies. Those got knocked off. Now we were going to have, I believe it was a four-game series against the Mets, um, and I don't remember what that second series was. So, uh, But the, likely me... those two series would be knocked out. Yeah, every everything now for the, for the, the Nationals will be wiped out. Uh, until that date. So, you know, things obviously, and, and now this means, I mean, they're at the, you know, bump back, uh, obviously spring training and whatnot. This would, according to the schedule, this would push them to at pirates. Uh, there we go on, on at pirates. So the, the games they've got left scheduled are four with the Mets three in Atlanta. So those seven get wiped away. But I mean, there is a conversation I think to be had here. Like, Look, generally speaking, yes, no baseball is not good for anybody. We all lose. But there is there is a sentiment that a team that's potentially not trying to win 
like less time could be good for them in some ways, but also bad for them in some ways. Yeah, I think that the big theme for the Nationals this year is to figure out who they have, you know, who which are the, who are the players that are in-house that they're going to be able to build around in the future. And that's going to determine how quickly they're able to build a contender and whether they're going to be able to build a contender before Juan Soto hits free agency, which really is the big question for this organization. So, uh, you know, less time in the season certainly doesn't help any of them. Uh, guys like Carter Keboom, as you mentioned, Luis Garcia, uh, the Victor Robles is the Donovan Casey's the uh, Riley Adams, Lane Thomas, Kybert Ruiz. <laughs> There's just so yeah. many guys we mentioned out loud too. It's yeah. like, oh, the entire team has to, has to figure out who the Nationals. <laughs> Seriously. Team. I mean, you, you go down the, we haven't even talked about the pitchers. I mean, Josiah right. Gray, Mason Thompson's going to be involved. Gabe Klobisitz was a guy they, they liked last year. Patrick Murphy came in as a flamethrower for him. Uh, he's a guy who, who could be a, a late inning weapon if he develops the right way. Tanner Rainey needs a big year to show mm-hmm. he's still got something left in the tank. I mean, these are guys that need big sample sizes uh, to, you know, instill confidence in the Nationals that they're players they can depend on uh, or for the Nationals to see that they really aren't that guy and we got to try someone else. And you really need to give those guys two, three months to show what they got uh, before you can really make any kind of judgments on them. So, uh, you know, it's it's definitely going to put the Nationals in a difficult position no matter how many games are missed. Um but, you know, it's, it's just kind of the reality that everyone's facing. You know, all 30 teams have got to deal with it. So we'll, we'll see kind of what that means. Yeah, I, I'm not sure they're in a spot where it's like these questions can't be answered, right? So the Lane Thomas, like, like Lane Thomas, Riley Adams, like they don't need they don't need a full 162 to evaluate that, right? It, they're not going to get a full 162. Right. Well, yeah, they're, they're not going to get it anyway. But like, they, you know, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be one season regardless, right? And there are questions always about, hey, is one season enough to evaluate a guy? But like Josiah Gray had, you and I had talked about this too. He he mentioned about upping his inning count, right? So, um, you know, the idea of all right, what is what does that look like? Like w- the number that he's going to hit, and that the Nationals say, hey, we can we can rely on you for that changes now. That, that that's just naturally going to change. Two hundred's probably not attainable. Out, it's, and, and he and he mentioned that I think that that number. Like that out loud, I think. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Yep. So that that's out of the question. Um, but on the positive, it gives guys like Strasburg and Joe Ross a bit more time. I, I want to go there too. Is that something I actually have not touched on a lot? Cause I don't know. I, I think a lot of us don't know, but like, what do you think is the latest on Strasburg? What are you, what have you been hearing? It sounds like it's not much, but I mean, you know, we have to ask the question, right? <laughs> Right. Yeah, no. And, and it's very good questions and questions that need to be answered. And I, I actually wrote on that recently uh, on how that was a huge thing that we've really missed out on the media and fans in general uh, is is injury updates on players because teams are not allowed to correspond uh, with players directly. Now, there is a, a loophole. The Athletic reported uh, that the team's training staff is allowed to correspond with personal trainers of players. So the Nationals likely know where Strasburg uh, and Joe Ross are in their rehab, but we haven't had any kind of availabilities. I mean, usually our, our how we talk to Mike Rizzo and Davey Martinez throughout the offseason uh, is through press conferences, right? They sign a player, mm-hmm. they trade for a guy, and they host a press conference. And we obviously ask questions about the player they just got, but we'll ask other questions and get updates on players throughout the offseason. We have literally no updates on either Ross uh, Strasburg, Will Harris, any injured player. And, and that goes for most of the league, uh, unless, you know, the media has been able to get into contact with players directly through their agents or whoever. Uh, and a lot of players are, have been pretty 
tight lip because of the lockout this offseason. So they're not really willing to talk at all. So, you know, I want to put a PSA out there to fantasy baseball players. You know, if you're thinking about holding your draft now, wait, wait to have your fantasy draft because you don't know the status of a lot of players who are dealing with offseason injuries. And some might not be as far along uh, as they were originally projected to be four or five months ago. Uh, and you're going to want to know before you make those draft picks. So that's that's my uh, two cents as a uh, commissioner in two different leagues. Uh, I'm holding off in both. Commissioner Matt Weirich telling you guys to hold off on your fantasy drafts. I mean, yeah, the only guys that I've seen speaking really have, have been minor leaguers, right? Those guys have, have been talking some, and and look, even some from some you know from some stuff that I, I've heard, especially those minor league guys who might get or are going to get invites to major league camp, like. Those guys haven't done anything yet, right? Those are the guys who are most likely to be in AAA and AA and whatever, but are but have to wait, which is such a difficult spot to be in because you're like, man, does this hurt me? I'm not getting reps. I'm not like you know you're getting reps in your own. They do have minor league. A lot of teams have minor league camps open. Exactly. Right now, so that is but right. I believe and- those guys. But I believe the guys who are at least I heard this recently from at least one player. But like the guys who the are man. who were yeah exactly forty men who are you know minor leaguers tweeners i guess you could say right mm-hmm. the big tweener guys i mean they don't really know what, what their status is and and yeah, the guys who are below them are working their way up working their way right now you know what i mean they're, they're getting ready and you know could supplant some of these guys i actually we did get to talk to nationals director uh, of player development dejon watson uh, about two weeks ago and i actually asked him about those players specifically mm. uh you know are you worried about them and in the shape that they're going to be coming into camp and, and whether or not they're going to be behind because they're guys who would be getting reps right now and they're not uh and he said that you know we put them on we gave them advice on schedules uh before mm. the lockout uh and also these are guys who have been in, in the professional baseball ranks for a few years now they know how to get their bodies ready so we're not necessarily right. as worried about those guys as we would be, you know, 18, 19 year olds who are really just getting started in their professional careers. You know, these are guys who've been around the block a little bit. So uh, they, he said they have all the confidence uh, that they, when they do report uh, in this, this lockout ends, that they're going to be in shape and ready to go. But, you know, see, that's kind of they, they can say, right. They can say that. But remember, we all remember 2020, right? When things were thrown for a loop and we saw so many guys. Yep. But that's why so many is, injuries. Is saying they have to have a four week spring training this year because of all those injuries. Exactly. Even, and that exactly. was a shortened season. They did guys didn't even have to go 162 games, you know, but they're eat, scheduled, eat. especially those pitchers, right? The pitchers yeah. are where we saw the injuries. And so mm-hmm. I've been this point recently that we have not seen a standard, like, like there has not been a standard uh, seasons since 2018, 2019, right? That was 162, 162, 19 to 20 was long to short then it was short to normal now you, you know you go back to this year now now it's going to be uh it's gonna be normal back to short then it, you know well, we, we think so then next year is going to be shortened back to normal so the variance there cannot be good especially for the pitchers in my opinion now they can say yeah and look these guys it's not like they're not on their own but like there is so much to be said for being at the site with your teammates, with the staff, against actual teams, ramping up. One inning, two innings, three innings in a spring training game. Facing live hitters. Facing live hitters. That, that, you know, and and so look, yes, those, I'm sure those training staffs are doing everything they can to get those guys ready on short notice. And I'm sure out of everybody in this situation, those guys, are the the people who work for the team in those capacities are some of the most stressed because they're going to be the ones who are right now 
trying to figure out what their timeline is and when it happens under the gun to get these guys ready to go. But they can say it. It's just hard to believe. And I feel bad for them, too. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot they can even talk about because they're not allowed to comment on these players anyway. So, right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Everybody is just kind of in the dark, really. We're, we're just curious. Big limbo. You know, a lot of the questions that we have to ask are like hypotheticals, you know, just like uh, <laughs> skirting around actually asking about specific players, just saying, you know, generally speaking, you know, a player like. How like, are the right handers doing? How are the lefties yeah, doing? <laughs> exactly. So it, it's a bit of a dance for everybody. Uh, and I'll be thankful when it's all over. Uh, all right, a couple more uh, words from our sponsors here. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Guys, go to built.com. Today that is built.com. Find the variety of Built Bars. Eat your sadness away and don't feel bad about it right now uh, with mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and white chocolate cookies and cream. Built Bars right now. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. You guys go to built.com. It's built.com today. Promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, for 15% off at built.com today. Also, today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. You guys go to rockauto.com today. You'll find a variety of parts for your car or truck, any make and model they've got there. Do not choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more at a uh, chain store or a car dealership. Rockauto.com, you got your cover. They got the great jingle as well, Honda Odyssey fuel pump uh, at a chain store, 353 rockauto.com, 216. Let's go to rockauto.com today, uh, right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, always low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, Matt, so before I get you out of here, as I get you out of here, like, you know, how do you feel about uh, the reporting state of MLB, because it feels like we don't know what to trust as fans. It's not the same for other sports, man. We got Mortensen, uh, you know, we got, we got a bunch of guys we trust in NFL. We got Shams and Woj in the NBA. Who to trust? Who knows what's happening, right? It's, it's the hard part of MLB fans. Paston says one thing, Nightingale says another, and Evan Drellich says another. And I, I respect all three of those guys, but it feels like they're all reporting on different parts of the process simultaneously. Do you feel that or do you do you see us differently? Yeah, you know, it, it, there's definitely different angles that are coming out. You know, Jesse Rogers over at ESPN has been mm-hmm. all over the lockout as well. Uh, you know, Bob Nightingale of USA Today uh, had his Who's redeemed himself. Done. Very yeah. much redeemed himself during the <laughs> lockout. So, you know, there's definitely uh, I wouldn't say different information, but we're, we're getting uh, we're definitely getting multiple sides from different reporters. And I think that's the big thing that you have to take in context here and, and kind of realize uh, as you follow along with certain reporters and, and see who really, you know, what side are they kind of leaning toward? What side can you tell they're getting a lot of their sourcing from? Uh, if you're hearing, you know, a lot of pro player things, they're probably sourcing a lot of their stuff uh, from the union side. If you're hearing a lot of pro owner things, uh, you know, or anybody from MLB.com's reporting, you know, they're coming from the, the, the league side. Uh, so you kind of have to, unfortunately, sift through it, uh, you know, and see, uh, read it for yourself and, and kind of come to your own conclusions based on the facts. That's my big thing. It's, it's just look for the facts, man. Don't don't try to you know jump on top of somebody else's opinion uh, and, and piggyback off of that because you know a lot of them are, are working off of information that are only maybe coming from one side and you might not be getting the whole picture. So you got to read multiple reporters' reports uh, and, and come to your own conclusions based off that. You know that's the most responsible way to 
uh, deal with journalism in this day and age when information is so readily accessible uh, and so easy to disperse, I might add, uh, that, you know, a lot of people have platforms that, that maybe shouldn't. So you really have to, you know, trust the sources, uh, trust the, the reporters uh, that you have read through and, you know, have come to understand that they do responsible reporting. You know, trust them, uh, but also don't be afraid to ask questions, you know, interact with these guys. Uh, and, 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 you know, try to find answers for yourselves because like you Except said, for Jeff Pass, and you might say something mean about your mom. That's I, I know. I, I know <laughs> that is a, that's a Jeff favorite. He says, he will so don't be rude to Jeff. Don't be rude to Jeff. Just be fair. The, the passing clapbacks are unmatched. I have to say. I, I do enjoy, I come back to enjoy. I find them. I'm not sure about your opinion. I find them wildly unprofessional. I find them absolutely hilarious as well, which I, I think is okay for somebody of his stature. It's like, look, I'm under contract with ESPN. They'll still have me on TV. Yeah. I can say about, you know, Jeff 4859's mom, whatever I want to. And I find all those things pretty funny. It entertains me. He's, he gets the Twitter uh, he understands like, vibe, you know. He, he's, he fits in well uh, with the Twitter peeps. Um, but, yeah, it definitely can uh, – there's a line. Uh, and, you know, he, he skirts around it for sure. Habitual line stepper is the way to, is yes. the way to put it. Uh, <laughs> all right, Matt, so what are you working on right now? And also, don't just keep this national-centric, right? This is Nationals podcast, but a lot of these folks love their commanders, commanders fans for years and years. Are you writing any Porzingis stuff, any any uh, commanders stuff, any DC United stuff, any miss, whatever you're writing? Tell us, what do you got going on? That's right. Well, yeah, I'm over at NBC Sports Washington. You can follow my work at NBCSportsWashington.com or on Twitter at by Matt Wyrick. Uh, for those of you watching, it's right there below. Um, I'm working on a lot of things right now. You know, we're, we're kind of with baseball, not producing a ton of storylines. Uh, you know, the, the lockout stuff can get repetitive. So I've definitely been dipping into other sports. We have the Carson Wentz trade today, uh, which put out a, a breakdown of the con- of the trade there and, and the draft picks that Washington will have. How much uh, money are we taking on here? How much, do they, uh, how much are they paying? So a lot? This next season is going to be 15 million guaranteed, but a $28.3 million cap hit. Uh, which they only had 33 million coming in this offseason. So uh, I think that means writing is on the wall uh, for Landon Collins. Uh, I, I would imagine that he's a guy. No, who, I like Landon Collins. I know. He was that Buffalo nickel this year, too. Uh, I love, it worked out for him pretty well. Uh, but he's being paid way too much for, for the value that he yeah. brings. So I would not be surprised, especially with all the needs that they have. They're going to have to replace Brandon Sheriff on that offensive line. They really don't have a middle linebacker, which has been a position of need the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and that secondary was pretty porous last year as well. So I would imagine that they try to find a true safety uh, to pair with Cam Curl. So there's a lot of things going on with Washington football slash commanders. Uh, Caps, they're they're heating up right now. I've yeah. uh, been writing a lot on their goalie they, situation. They just, no, yeah, they just don't have a goaltender, I guess, right? Every game well, is like 5-4. Well, Vantage Deck is starting to earn the respect of the coaching staff. Now, he did not play super well yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Ilya Samsonov in there tonight because it's a back-to-back. Um, but I, I imagine that VTech has a grapple on that number one spot. And if he can hold on to it, the caps are pretty tight up against that salary cap as well. So I don't think they're really going to be able to make a big splash for a goalie at the trade deadline. Uh, so if VTech as shows any kind of consistency, the Caps are probably going to run with it uh, and then address the the position this offseason. And then, of course, you mentioned Porzingis, the Wizards. Uh, you know, not a team that's super fun to watch at this moment, but I got to say, Porzingis just clearly, you know, with, with Beal out for the rest of the season, he looked head and shoulders like the best player on the, on the court uh, in limited minutes, too, uh, in his debut the other day. The key words being on the court for Mr. Kristaps, yes. correct? Yes, yes. We need to, we need to keep him healthy. 
Uh, you know, he had this bone bruise in his knee that uh, when they acquired him, it didn't seem like as big of an issue as it was and it required him to uh, take some more time to get healthy. But he looked great out there. I'm excited to see the impact he can make. And if Beal resigns this offseason, that point guard position is going to be a key one for the Wizards to uh, hone in on. So there's your little DC Sports Roundup. <laughs> love all that. Matthew, we appreciate you for all the time you give us. Uh, always love talking to you. And thanks for just stopping by. I'm sure once we have some word on this, which hopefully knock on wood is soon, I will have you back on. But thank you for your time, man. No problem, man. Take care.